Welcome to Podcast 1999, the podcast about Space 1999. I'm your host, Mark. Along I'm another. With, I'm another host, Matt. Along with another host, Matt. Uh-oh, it's happening. It's happening. It's happening. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Was that what? I was I was colliding with the screen for oh, those that yeah. are listening. Yeah. For, well, good thing the screen just today. disappeared because a ghost spider lady told you that you should just go and collide with it. I tried to get my head out of the way real quick to make it like it disappear, but I realized that all you did was see the, the top of my head, so it wasn't <laughs> really. I thought you were actually like dr- your screen was falling onto you. <laughs> I didn't realize that's a kind of collision. Uh, yeah, collision. But course. I was also ha- I was also looking at something else trying to count what episode this was. Nine. No, that's wrong. Forget I said that. It's later than that. Are it's wrong. like it's eleven. 13. thirteen. Lucky thirteen. Yeah, we're we're back to wildly out of order. So who knows? I I could go grab my set and find out, but I'll just let you do whatever you're doing. Like perhaps yeah. trivia. Perhaps you're doing trivia. It's thirteen. Perhaps I'll do trivia. Perhaps. Uh, we have seasoned space nineteen ninety nine director Ray Austin back to direct. This is his fourth that we've covered here. You last saw him on Alpha Child. He's got three left this season, and then two in season two. Anthony Turpeloff co-wrote this script with his wife, Elizabeth Barrows, and the Andersons. You might remember him from Earthbound. He'll be back for two more episodes in season one, both of them co-written with Barrows. Then one in season two without Barrows. Mm. Our only guest star this week is Margaret Layton as Ara. Our Ara. She was born in 1922 in Worcestershire, England. I'm just going to say it how it looks. I don't care. Uh, she became a star of British repertory theater in early age, studying under luminaries such as Laurence Olivier. She made her way to Broadway and won two Tonys and an Oscar nomination. Okay, she didn't win the Oscar nomination, but she got an Oscar nomination. It's always nice well, to be uh, nominated. Yeah, it's you can you can brag about that. I mean, you you, you can brag about like you have less space taken up by metal garbage. Uh, while she's subsequently appearing in both British and uh, US films and TV in between her stage acting career she appeared in works such as Arms and the Man and Marriage a la Mode aka The Constant Husband sadly she was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis in the early 70s and in this production she was in a wheelchair that was concealed beneath her throne and filmed her scenes in just two days she passed away the following year and this was her second to last screen credit followed by a dirty night's work in 1976 that was a comedy a dirty doesn't night's sound work. doesn't sound like a comedy after you set it up as their last role you can your last role could be a comedy i think a lot of you know that's a lot of people i was just reading a a, a book about cisco and ebert where it's talking about how when Whoopi Goldberg was up for nomination for the color purple, Ebert was like, you're not going to win. No, no, it's Cisco. I said it because Cisco is more of the, the, the prick. And um, uh-huh. so so he told her he should she should bronze her biscuit at the uh, like 
breakfast for nominees Ugh. or something. Which oh, she did. God. She did. So she okay. put extra metal in her house in the form of a bronze biscuit. Because <laughs> yeah, Ebert did have a black wife, even though I don't. No, that I was. I think. Can... I think. It's, I think it was Cisco that did that. That's it. I mean, because yeah. he because he was known but, for being like too honest, right, about his opinions. Well, you can also <laughs> you can also be in an interracial marriage and still be racist. Well, that was like you can Cisco. marry. You're you turning absolutely... on the wrong person. I, I shouldn't okay. say Ebert first. Okay, but I mean, Ebert mm. has said some bad things. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> he did. I, I don't know. Just off the top of my head, he made fun of St- of that guy from Jackass for dying in a car accident. Uh, well, right. Might have been it? asking it... for it. I don't know. I don't know. You put yourself remember. in those. You do those, those stunts all the time. It's going to, you know, it's. Yes. Yeah, one see, of that's the stars of saying. Jackass died is not a surprising headline. <laughs> yeah but it's still he died in a car accident it wasn't like he fell off of it wasn't like he taped himself to a skateboard and then fell off a roof you know <laughs> <laughs> okay so he wasn't like intentionally trying to kill himself is what you're saying no so, right. i mean unless he was i don't remember i don't remember what it was it I, was I, just not not very nice okay and anyway the story um, that i was telling you was was told as like a not as a uh being horrible thing maybe maybe my tone would came through wrong it was supposed to be like a a charming anecdote because she went but along you know what it. you know what though <laughs> what I, di- I didn't say trivia end yet oh crap okay keep, keep i want to do i want to do a little thing which i've been neglecting for most of this show which is to do a spotlight on one of the uh re- recurring characters uh Prentice okay. hancock who plays paul morrow aka the only character who was sane in this episode uh he was born in 1942 in glasgow scotland he studied architecture and was active in both rugby and fencing, but most was most interested in acting. He started out doing stage plays, but started in television around 1969. Television roles are what he's most well-known for. He's still around today and uh, recently performed a one-man show based on Voltaire's Candide in 2008, which I would love to have seen. Uh, he has screen credits for work such as The Monster Club, Danger, Marmalade at Work, and Uh-oh. Chalky's Children. Uh, his most recent credit is playing a dying Patrick Swayze in Autopsy, The Last Hours of, in 2017. <laughs> Hancock has stated in interviews that he has never been told why he was sacked from Space 1999 to be continued. Yeah, so don't expect him in season two, is what you're saying. Sacked. <laughs> he, wait, you say he played the corpse? Of Patrick Swayze in he 2017, played, he played. He was credited as older Patrick Swayze. I believe that that show was, uh, sort of going over celebrities' lives right before they died. But I'm pretty sure he just died of cancer. So I don't know. What this yeah, because Mara, the, the actor for, is much older, isn't he? Isn't he Frank way older? Hancock, in, he, he's way older in Swayze. Probably not. Wasn't Swayze old. like in high school, like in the early seventies? Um. Well, okay. He was born in forty two. So when was Swayze? Patrick Swayze born? When? Oh, no. Uh, Apprentice Hancock was born in forty two. Okay. When was Patrick Swayze born? He was born in nineteen fifty two. So. Eh. So yeah, that's but, a pretty but, notable uh, difference. <laughs> but maybe Apprentice Hancock wasn't dying of cancer, so he just, you know, Swayze probably looked older than he was, right? Yes, it's just weird casting is what I'm saying. Also, he's like a different, he's like, what do you say, Scottish? It doesn't make any, I guess I he's mean, a corpse, so it doesn't matter. But the only way to know for sure is to watch that, and I'm not doing that. Also, so it's a bu- Yeah, it's like, what What were you in the show? I was a corpse. I mean, that 
That happened. It didn't once say or... corpse, so I think he played because he just make a corpse, right? Yeah. Oh, you just said older. Okay, because you said autopsy. Yeah. So I guess I started. No. Of well, the name of it. Yeah, the name of. But the but the show is called Autopsy: The Last Hours of, which I think means it's just going over the last hours of. You know, okay. Patrick Swayze probably lying in a bed being sad. Right. Okay, something like that. Okay, well, that's a bummer. Let's let's so, try. Yeah. Let's try. Lots something of bummer than... trivia here, right? Yeah. <laughs> just bummer all around. Such you know what else is a bummer? I hate this episode. <laughs> well, you want me to describe this episode? Yes, he should. Moonbase Alpha's Eagles are busy setting nuclear charges to redirect an incoming asteroid. Alan Carter is not able to quite set his charge in time. While the moon base does avoid a direct collision, they become engulfed in some kind of weird radiation while Carter is lost somewhere in its haze. Commander Koenig defies all the advice of his crew and sets out an Eagle 4 to find Alan. A strange disembodied voice brings the two Eagles together, and Koenig spots a massive planet that it turns out will collide with Moonbase Alpha in 105 hours. Both Koenig and Carter are a little weird upon their return, which Dr. Russell chalks up to radiation sickness. Koenig prepares to initiate Operation Shockwave, in which they will blast the moon away from the colliding planet in a manner similar to leaving Earth orbit. With that disembodied voice, it's Ara, Queen of Etheria, i.e. the planet that they are about to hit. She says that the moon leaving Earth orbit was no accident and that this situation is predestined. In fact, the correct course of action is to do nothing. Koenig and Carter believe this and try to cancel Operation Shockwave. The crew does not agree, and so Koenig and Carter take the command center hostage and proceed to do nothing except scream at the incoming planet. Ara does not appear to save them, but at zero hour, Etheria simply disappears. The planet's only touched. Just the tip. Just the tip. <laughs> so you're 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 in you're in episode hatred land. Okay. I feel like you're yeah, supposed to wait at least ten minutes before you throw that out. But okay, let's let's put that I on am the trying, table. I'm trying not to be shrill about it. I hated it though. <laughs> I hated it very much. I think uh you you probably guessed that I would hate this, right? You don't like predestined stuff. Exactly. And there is just nothing here but that. And there's <laughs> nothing here but that. And also the way that the way that that Koenig and Alan act is abs is only it only like corresponds to how villains act. Like there is no there's no they're not acting like good guys here. I assume that the thing about radiation sickness was also correct. Like I that, they were they're communing with this weird queen on the planet, but they're also actually like a little bit um I guess I'll say brain damaged in this episode. It's not even if I don't know how you would even write rewrite this to be good. That's the thing that really bothers me. It's mm. like if you if there was a reason to trust the the spider lady, if um, if she did anything except for hey do nothing, if uh, if there was a twist where I I I don't know I don't know and I don't know. I mean, doing nothing sometimes is is often like the correct course of action, which is typically not what we see on television. But we're in also. I feel like I feel like Moonbase Alpha has 
just done this three other times and just ended up in orbits of planets and not collided with them. So I don't know how that works. Well, I guess you uh, are going too fast to achieve orbit with the... They say that it's like 24 times the size of the moon, I think. So it's a pretty massive planet. It would be hard to maybe get an... See, now I'm trying to apply science to it, which barely makes sense. So There's no, there's no science. I don't, I don't even... Even Operation Shockwave, I don't... I don't see how they would have avoided the orbit. Also, how did they not see the planet until until they were on that eagle? Because they were they, in a giant fart cloud. I don't know. I guess there's some dream logic at work here. You're right. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's it's also the the idea that do nothing and you'll be fine was already we've already seen that in another Earth, which was better than this <laughs> because it had more things going on. Because because there were stakes for our characters. The only stakes here is that Koenig has somebody tell him to what to do and he insists that that she's right. And everyone yeah. else is wrong. And this is the, the thing that I keep complaining about, which is that Koenig is omnipotent and knows everything and knows exactly what to do. And nobody else does, except I guess Alan. Um but um but the thing is is that it's kind of the only way it's turned on its head here is that Usually everybody else is brainwashed and Koenig is like, snap out of it. And in this one, Koenig's brainwashed and nobody else is, but he's still right. <laughs> this is just so <laughs> frustrating to me. Not, not, so not frustrating. a fan of the divine nothing, providence. Nothing she said made any sense. It was like, we, we're going to, we have to mutate, but you're not going to mutate, but we're going to mutate into spirits that are immutable. Like what? <laughs> <laughs> you don't mutate into spirits. That's not. Well, you've never mutated into a spirit. You just don't know how the process works. Is what I'm saying. <laughs> I, uh, I I told myself I was gonna not be shrill in here. I'm just basically screaming. Um, <laughs> what did you think about this episode? I mean, yeah, it's it's not my favorite. Like Black Sun did this like a lot better, right? <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I was kind of mad at that episode. And that all episode was also much better and had more character development for, for everyone. I mean, that that one had like the full, I think both of us gave that high dread scores. And I don't know what we're going to give this mm -hmm. one yet, but uh, I have a feeling it might be lower because um, <laughs> there's some goofiness here. Um, yeah, like. I see what you're saying with Koenig, like once he's in the radiation, we can say, oh, that's radiation poisoning. But mm -hmm. even like when everyone's like, yeah, Carter is definitely not out there anymore. He was just in a nuclear blast and now there's radiation all over the place, which is a, a reasonable piece of advice to give. And then he's like, no, I'll do it anyway. And like literally everyone tells him not to. So <laughs> you, you early on there, there are all these before radiation. After that that explosion happens at the beginning, which was really cool. Um, he's told that 14 people died and he's just like where's alan injured <laughs> he, injured he is not care people. at all oh they, they didn't they said oh they said 14 casualties does that not mean i think death? they mentioned injuries at some point yeah oh okay so they weren't well, dead they were injured okay uh, i mean you can't just all withdrawn. 14 people are willing to lay on this show because they only have like what 286 people left at this point uh, around there yeah yeah, I think that's what you told me. I mean, we've skipped well, a couple episodes to record this, so maybe we're down to like 275 or something by now. I don't know. I I could look it up real quick. 
it's on jerryanderson.com, which I yeah. love. <laughs> the fact that that's on Oh, you're going to uh, give us our, our number? I guess you're already in the midst of it. I was going to say I don't care, but now you're halfway there. Maybe you're all the way there. He's, you're making those those search noises, the noises of searching. Why is this so hard? I don't know. Do Why is it so hard? This episode? I'm Maybe not they finding don't. it. Maybe they don't. It's episode three and um, airing date. I am just not fine. Maybe there just aren't. Maybe they 275. just aren't this episode. I'm just okay. going to assume a few people died in the last few okay. episodes because that happens sometimes. But yeah, I mean, why? It, it doesn't. I mean, 14 people would be a lot to off. And, and I mean, that's going to happen, I believe, at some point or, or more. So, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, my point is that they were, it sounded, I had the impression there's like there's injuries. I mean, I could uh, see if anything's up there in my notes. I just wrote it that his plan is kind this. of crap, which is is true. Uh, always mm -hmm. fun to disregard your flight check when he does get in the eagle. He's just like, forget it, I'm leaving. It's like, no, you, <laughs> you actually have to do a flight check before you leave. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't matter well, if you're he in a rush. Back, he's like, we don't have time for radiation, checking my radiation level. <laughs> Like, are you kidding? Great <laughs> captaining. This is some of the worst captaining I've ever seen. He has faith of the heart. That's bad captaining. <laughs> I mean, unless unless it's, you know, unless he's going to just blow up Voyager and hope it works, I guess. Moonbase Alpha? You're, you're, sorry, I said faith of the yeah, heart. Yeah, but this is the thing. He did. Crossed he your was wires. Trying, he wasn't going to blow up. He's just doing the opposite. He's doing a reverse Janeway. He was like, we're not going to blow up Moonbase Alpha. That's probably a good idea. I mean, you don't want to blow up your. Well, own it turned out it was. In my yeah. notes, I just basically said I would rather them all die than he be right about this. <laughs> that would have been a so mad. Fun ending as a heart, you know, Moonbase Alpha blows up and we go. Dun, 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 dun. That'd be great. <laughs> I guess that's how C Lab twenty twenty one ended every episode. But <laughs> they would they would have done that. But they also would have. I don't know. You know, this actually could have been an episode of C Lab twenty twenty. Yeah, as well. I'll say, what if you it thought really this was a C Lab episode? Does it work better? Than you don't understand. This woman appeared to me and told me not to do anything, and then just everybody's <laughs> just sitting there. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Blinking. Yeah. Well, there'd be less screaming in that one. Well, there'd be screaming about nothing, of course, but not you know dramatic <laughs> screaming. <laughs> so there were some other things here. Did did you notice that some of the dialogue was a little bit weird? Um, I guess. Do you want to do you want to qualify that statement a bit? Let me. I'm having a hard time parsing my notes. There's there was one point where, <laughs> okay, <laughs> yeah, okay. The oh, well the the radiation check thing. I made a note of that being weird. Um, when <laughs> when Berkman says I've been thinking and then. Koenig just says that's the best news I've heard all day and then he sort of starts to crack up but then they're interrupted that was strange <laughs> it was it was executed strangely um when when Helena says John is still alive inside that alien spaceship and Paul says there's no need to state the obvious and then she just looks kind of sad <laughs> it's like well, really weird I mean I guess it's not 100% obvious nope yeah okay yeah, I guess that's a little weird. Uh, to be honest, uh, I guess I'm just like people are talking. Um, I did write that Alan gets very close to take me to your leader. So 
I think mm-hmm. he says, take me to, he doesn't say leader. He says something else, he but said, I wrote down leader. He says, in my take notes. me to your people. Yeah, that's close. Um, no, I was noticing other stuff like um, yeah, uh, so Martin I'd... Landau's nipple was really prominent in a few shots. No, I missed that. Okay. Jeez, I should have been paying attention to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah the, I, nipple bet, watch. <laughs> I, I took down some of the Ara's dialogue verbatim because it was so bizarre. It, uh, like, my gene will mutate and take on a form unrecognizable and become spiritual, but immutable for time inconceivable. <laughs> like what? <laughs> well, here's insane. the notes I wrote. You, uh, I'll just read my notes verbatim but during when she's saying all that stuff. I said, you mm-hmm. need quite a bit of chaos magic to predict this time mm-hmm. to find your next pokey form. Okay. Please be more specific. This is just trippy vague. I bet they'll become Ninja turtles. so i guess that was where i landed that they were evolving into ninja turtles but part of clear obviously part of what offends me so much about this episode is just that what are the odds that Moonbase alpha would even break away from earth in the first place and then just show up at this specific point in time basically clears that up it's some kind of god because how would you predict that? I, that's that's insane. Like they barely got out of this, what they just did, <laughs> you know. Um, well, they were always but, going to get out of it. The advice was do nothing, right? So they just made a whole bunch of drama regarding it with taking hostages and becoming villainous, and it's yeah. just like the writers giving themselves permission to not do anything. I did think Dr. Russell apologizing at the end. I mean, he does say you did the right thing. Of course, of course, she did the right thing. She yeah. wasn't crazy. <laughs> he did, yeah, he told her she did the right thing. And he said he didn't know what he would do if she was in that situation. And then he just walks away and it's over. It's not really. I feel like he should have said, hey, sorry, I was a complete jackass <laughs> about it. <laughs> I don't know. And then drives um, off his car. I was putting this in my notes. Like, how is how are they even supposed to go back to normal after this? How are they supposed to take him seriously? Even if he was right, like, why was he right? There's no explanation for it. It's the radiation. It's weird radiation. I'm going to blame everything on the radiation. It's like if, if somebody tries to sell him a car and he thinks it's a good idea, is everybody going to bet on him no matter what? It seems like boomer logic. Like, yeah, of course I trust that man. He said he was selling alarms. It's like, just of course. What well, is a show created in 1973, so you can put boomer logic on it. Yeah, that is fair. <laughs> that makes sense. Mm. Mm, I, I I guess my favorite, like you said, as Landau's been getting more screamy, him screaming at the planet at the end was... I, I, I like that a lot, because he's just screaming I, yeah. at a planet now. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very fun hearing him scream at things. Um, <laughs> Especially inanimate things. <laughs> it was pretty hilarious when paul just decides he's gonna go beat everybody up and then it kept his outfit kept switching between orange and red because it was probably just the stunt double wearing the wrong thing yeah 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 i was about to say lighting lighting but i guess that doesn't really uh i don't know it was impossible to parse what was happening i I rewound and watched it three times and i don't know what happened um when kind of gets on our ship one, they had those awesome black and white tripscapes on the background. I'm just getting into the design stuff. Yeah. And then, I, and then he runs into all those webs. You know, we know he doesn't like webs. We learned that a few episodes ago. All right. <laughs> what, what was that guy's name? Ron. Ron. 
Yeah, yeah. Surprised he didn't start <laughs> screaming Ron. Mm. Um, so there was that. I, I read that the planet looks like a slightly rotten peach. The, I thought it was a, I thought it was a cool planet design they had. It was a cool ship design too. The big, whatever the ship with one lady on it. Yeah, something that this show never fails you on is, uh, you know, fun design. So, got that yeah. going for it. Yeah, I love the spider chamber. I love spiders. Really? I the, the it looked cool. Yeah, I love spiders. Like That's, in your room? Sure. Okay. I love them. I'd have a pet spider if I, you know wanted to spend money on things like that you don't get spider bitten uh, i've i joke very often that i might just die because i'm trying to be friends of a spider or a snake okay both of which i love oh my no that's not sometimes i'll wake up in the morning and i'll have like four bites like close to each other i'm like oh that was a spider wasn't it Ooh. see that's that's me and the spider and yesterday i ran to a snake on the road uh I see like i hate worms so much and worms huh. are totally harmless, but I hate them. Okay, yeah, I can deal with the worm. I just, yeah, this, it wasn't a big snake, but it was big enough that I, you know, wanted to kind of give it its ground, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I hate slugs and worms. There's a snake in my boot. Yeah, <laughs> basically. But it's, you still get, you still have that mammal thing. Like I was jogging on a trail I normally am on, and it was like I ran past a snake I didn't see, and it was coiled up and, it like out of my peripheral vision, it uncoiled and like slithered away really fast. And I was just freaked out because my mammal was brain was like, ah, snake. Yeah. Yeah. But, that's where I was yesterday. Cause I, you know, I thought it was, a, you think it's a stick just for a second and it's slithers and oh, that's not a stick. But, but I mean, if it's in my full range of vision, I'll probably try and make friends with it. But anyway, this is more of a spider show, as you said. So yes, this would is. be like, this would, your your this would be your spaceship is what you're saying. You'd have the yeah, pretty much. I okay. I mean, my spaceship would be be very like Frank Lloyd Wright with like a waterfall going through the middle of it and low ceilings. Uh, okay, there would still be spiders. Webs? Uh, do you? Do, how do you feel about walking through webs? I See, hate I don't really like webs. webs. I don't really like no. webs. Okay, that's the, I don't like the feeling of it. No. However, I do wear a lot of <laughs> like mesh. Things like that, like sort of moisture wicking shirts that do feel more like silk than they do like cotton. I think so, that's what I'm wearing, but it doesn't feel like a web. I think it, but it does, it's closer to a web than it is like a cotton. Mm. I don't know if that's worth anything. Okay. It's, it's I like silkish, slick fabrics. Saying. I like See, slick fabrics. Next time you're out here, you'll have to go visit the silk mills. Yes. <laughs> Can silk I get a souvenir? Mill, silk mill. Per- perfectly awesome large American large size shirt from them for uh, a discount. You, I'm sure you could get cookies with like pictures of the silk mill on it. <laughs> it's, it's sold. <laughs> Sounds it's great. A, it's a world heritage site for some reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, silk is great. Mm. I love silk. Um, I, I did feel like it is weird for Koenig and Carter to be so down with like this creepy spider lady. I mean, like, what if it were Peary? It's. it's I mean, that would that wouldn't solve that's exactly your predestination it. problem. It's just but. the opposite of Guardian of Peary. It's just that Koenig is still right, even though in this episode he's the screaming maniac who trusts the alien intelligence. <laughs> it's just <laughs> that's ridiculous. Maybe you could you can make the argument that that much like guardian of Peary, everybody is a lot calmer than Koenig is here. 
Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. Maybe that the answer is always the most intense answer. I wonder what would happen if they did Operation Shockwave. Does it just fail and they still just touch the planet? I mean, is it like if they do anything, do they? Does the planet just not disappear anymore? I bet what happens is they would just go around the planet. Right, and then and then Ara would be annoyed because whatever because she yeah. didn't evolve into a Ninja Turtle. She would say, "I don't know. I didn't know everything after all." Goodbye. I mean, if she knew everything, Goodbye. if she knew Goodbye. exactly what was going to happen. Why did she have to appear to Koenig and say your friends have betrayed you, even though they're really not as friends as much as they are as supporters? Uh, subordinates, yeah, I guess that's a, either way. Because um. <laughs> and also, I mean, he should have been removed from command. That's the right thing to do. That is absolutely the right thing. I mean, but then uh, we saw what happened last time he wasn't in command. Everyone was screaming at each other and fist fighting within like two hours. Well, maybe they should have. <laughs> God, I don't know. They're gonna maybe have that's a, what should have happened. They're gonna because have. A, they, they're gonna punch it out for who the new leader is. They punched in this case. They punched it out for who is the dumbest. I don't know. They punched it out anyway. I couldn't tell what Bergman was doing in that fight. I was like, is he helping? Is he helping Paul or is he doing something? I couldn't tell. He probably didn't even know what he was confusing. doing. It's a confusing situation to be in, isn't it? I mean, if you're in the if you're in command and stuff like that starts going down you're gonna i don't know what's happening i'm just <laughs> well there was sit at my console and wait for this all see doing nothing in that case would be the correct focus of action don't get involved in the fight there was absolutely a point when bergman was making the faith argument again and then and then basically somebody says that koenig has radiation seek uh, sickness and then bergman was like okay let's do operation shockwave it's sort of like he he barely made any kind of position. He barely had a position on this. Uh, Operation Sockwave is a position to take. Yeah, it's cool sounding position. That would have been awesome. Um, I don't well, know. It's, I just good. don't. I don't. I don't think it's even on the just on the level of. I think it's a bad message to say to people. Hey, maybe some stranger you don't know who invades your mind and controls your mind is right. Like I don't, I don't like that. <laughs> I yeah. don't like it. <laughs> it's not good. I, I guess the the confusing thing here is how with Carter and Koenig, how much of it is them being insane, and how much of them is under the influence, which is not made particularly clear in the episode. You could say they're not, mm -hmm. you know, you could say they're literally just hearing the voice, or you could say she's literally like controlling their actions, and both might be correct. And maybe she never even existed, and it's just a thing that you imagine when you get radiation sickness even though the thing that you imagine is correct somehow did, it, did anyone else see the planet maybe the planet was never there to start with i, I think guess everyone, everyone sees it at the end yeah. right because <laughs> that would be fun if they just were like radiation <laughs> sickness craze like we're gonna hit a planet but there actually is no planet <laughs> there which turns out to be the case anyway yeah maybe that planet was maybe they're all radiation sick yeah it's i would have like, liked that if that like, was an explanation. It's like there's a lot of plot details, but there's no basic premise here is maybe the issue. Yeah, there's no premise. And the message is at best, trust the the spite, trust the ghost. Trust the spider lady. Trust the spider ghost. Yeah, it just doesn't. It, it, yeah, no. <laughs> um, I mean, the message is just that Koning knows everything and everybody else knows nothing. Mm. 
That seems to be just the premise of the show, which like is a boss, a very obnoxious. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there is no, I don't, I mean, is Captain Kirk like, I don't feel like Kirk was written like this, right? Well, they kind I, of have the, um, you know, ego, super ego thing going on with him. And I guess that's supposed to be the same with um, Koenig, uh, Victor and, and Dr. Russell, but it doesn't, mm-hmm. he doesn't listen to them enough, I guess. <laughs> Yeah, in this case, not at all. Or in this case, I mean, not at all. Yes, I mean, they, you know, and with Captain Kirk would at least spend, he wouldn't spend the five minutes that Picard would in the observation room talking it out, but he'd spend like thirty seconds, and they'd have that cool like triangular monitor thing in the center of the table. I mean, they subverted that super hard by just literally making Picard into a Borg in like the third season of that. Well, I'm talking show. about standard so, operating procedure. I'm not talking yeah, about yeah. That. <laughs> but I'm just saying that 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 define helped redefine him as a like fallible character, whereas I I feel like Kirk was lucky but not omnipotent, you know. Yeah, I think like maybe too lucky, maybe maybe portrayed as a little bit ridiculously overly lucky in the. <laughs> well, they kind of get to that in Khan, uh, you know, that he's been too lucky. <laughs> but but he also did some clever stuff in con but then yeah his luck well his luck runs out but spock's <laughs> spock just takes it for him yeah so, yeah base yeah, yeah he bites the bullet for him uh and here i, 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 I was thinking say you're not lucky if your friend dies i was thinking of the premise of this one and maybe one thing is uh, as we said it's easy to compare lost space 1999 to trek because the premises are similar Whereas this mm-hmm. episode is an extremely kind of 1950s sci-fi premise, like where mm-hmm. it does it, you know, it has all those logical gaps because no one really thought it through enough. Um, no one, it feels like no one thought it through much at all. Like they just, we're like we we have this legendary actor who is dying, so we're just gonna give her a few lines and then. Maybe they built the episode around her. Who knows? That might be the case because I just I'm trying to figure out what is the strong idea behind this. And okay, the collision thing, we've done it, you know, like 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 we said, black black sun in particular. Um yeah. they did air this as the third episode. So if you're watching on TV as breakaway, force life, and then this, which it which feels like they just threw it out there to die. That might be the case. I, I I actually would be, I guess you didn't run across on your trivia, but if there was any, we never hear about what the creators thought about what they created with uh, so much on this. Like the actors loved this episode or Jerry Anderson thought this one was great or this one was, you know, a scum dog. Sometimes I f- come across that stuff, but it's not, there isn't a lot of it. Did you, a lot did of, you, how about a for lot this of the episode? wiki stuff? A lot of the wiki stuff is like, uh, Oh well, it was filmed here, and this happened on that day. <laughs> let's see, collision course. Let's let's just have a look. Let's just do trivia in the middle of the episode. <laughs> More ex trivia. Uh, it could be like the I think I mentioned the murder she wrote thing before, where they'd bring on aging actors simply to give them a, a modern credit to you know renew their health insurance, which they had well, at that point in time. This is some stuff. Martin Bower is back doing the ship, which makes p- plenty of sense. Yeah, the ship Bower. was cool. Yeah. Um, this is some stuff that I did sort of come across, but decided to leave out. Um, 
about Margaret Layton. She was wonderful, but she didn't understand a word she was saying. She had a lot of nonsense to you say and had either. no clue what it meant. <laughs> she was really <laughs> quite worried about it. Um, she said, um, she said during the shoot, you better get this shot because I'm not going to last long. Oh, okay. another thing I left, I left that out on purpose because it was sad. Yeah. Uh, I really feel like she seemed like someone who was dying and I kind of wish they had not cast her in this. She did a really great job, but it, it did. It had this sadness about it while at the same time being complete utter nonsense. That <laughs> meant nothing. So, okay. I don't know. Is that a good way to dovetail that into our, our basic question of existential dread versus uh, sci-fi uh, fun? You can put the fun in quotes this, this week if you want. <laughs> I, I'm having a real problem with this because remember how I said I'd rather everyone die than Koenig be right about this? <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't know. Do I feel... I'm just going to say 50-50 because I didn't care if they died and... It, there was a lot of dread i had a lot of dread that just nothing that everything is just in the hands of random spider gods who know everything which yeah, is terrifying see i want to take it way down i'm gonna put the dread at 10 because it just mm. dread requires at least some kind of dream logic that makes sense you don't have to explain it of course it's probably better if you don't explain it but it has to make some it has to have some kind of inner logic and um you know the parts of this car don't fit together is i guess mm -hmm. so you, you can't have dread if there's not like a concept that makes a lick of sense or at least uh creates an emotional response most of the emotional response here is oh here's this uh actress having her her last hurrah basically <laughs> mm-hmm I'd, so I my my sense of dread really comes from that you that's I'm a lifelong atheist. So hmm. most in most cases, the idea of religion having arbitrary rules does scare me because there's always the who's right about this and how would they know? And this is the thing where you have to listen to a screaming lunatic who says fly your fly into a planet, <laughs> which is. <laughs> scary so 10 percent dread for that um 30 percent uh -huh. sci-fi fun because the ship is cool there are some cool designs I, I i you know some cool designs i haven't seen before and and then that leaves 60 percent sci-fi stuff <laughs> so uh and like i said a lot of, conceptually it feels more like a 50 sci-fi that doesn't quite you know you watch like something with a eye-catching title and it just doesn't really make any sense in the end <laughs> yeah the thing i i feel a sense of dread over what is it going to be like to work with koenig after this because if i work in in moonbase alpha i don't trust this dude anymore <laughs> i don't and and except that he was right so that makes me mad so, so i'm like i don't trust you and you were right for some reason which makes me mad and i can't explain why which makes me worried we um, get a 70s uh, TV reset button to hit, so you don't have to worry about next mm -hmm. episode. <laughs> yes. I mean, did you see the movie Midsummer? No. Uh, you actually asked me a few times, but uh, you can go on about uh, it if you want. Oh, well, uh, there's there's a sort of a part at the end where everyone dies except for one person, like a you know a horror movie. And all I could think about was, what is this person going to feel like when they come down off these mushrooms? <laughs> and it makes me really upset and most people their reaction to it is like hell yeah girl 
Mm. Set that dude on fire. Awesome. And I'm just thinking, how is she going to feel when she comes down off mushrooms? Look what I've done. I'm assuming <laughs> most I'm assuming most people have seen the film, so they probably know or at least understand the reference. Yeah, I mean it made a bit of a splash, I remember. <clears throat> there are a lot of memes. Yeah, but I'm way behind on movies I was supposed to have watched. So <laughs> But yeah, I wor- I worry about I worry about what is Ray Skywalker really gonna do? Like, what is she really gonna do, man? Is she really gonna continue not being evil? She's the Palpatine. Yeah. She's going to yeah. be the, the Empress. Well, something's going to happen because there's a movie. <laughs> no, there isn't. So, there's no movie where that happens. What are you talking about? Oh, there is a movie with her in it coming out. Oh, is there? Okay. Uh-huh. See, maybe. I've lost track of all that, too. I mean, maybe not. Maybe it won't. We don't mm-hmm. We don't really know, do we? <laughs> we don't know until it's finished. Um, But it's... Yeah, it's like... I. I didn't feel that sense of dread at the end of Return of the Jedi, but I feel this sense of dread of what's really going to happen after this. Because for one thing, the writers of Star Wars have proven that they're just going to keep bringing fascism back. <laughs> and now they've told and, you what happened evil. after that in excruciating detail. So, <laughs> yeah. Mm. So there's and that. also, yeah. And then if it's not fascism, it's horrible. What Senate? stuff i guess so so here you just get the commander screaming at people and taking them hostage so they can all do nothing isn't that better that's terrifying i hate that so much <laughs> i hate it so much so are we i going, don't want that are we going to rate this as your your least favorite of these so far yes unless one of the ones that we haven't recorded yet is worse than this <laughs> i'm i'm expecting for this no. to be one of my all-time lows Sorry, I'm having a look at my set here now just to see if there's any that I would rate lower. I don't have your um, curdling hatred, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, I definitely like I was like, it didn't like really engage with me so much because um, another time in our place, I like that one like a lot more than you did. Uh, that was did I call that another earth earlier? <laughs> another time, may- another place may- is the name maybe. of the episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I called another earth. Oh, okay, oh, well, that's a movie too. Um, I remember Force of Life didn't quite do it for me, and whereas you love that one, I think. Oh yeah, right? I love that one. <laughs> it was just a murderer. <laughs> the thing is that that guy's motivation made perfect sense. He couldn't keep the things from killing people, so he went and killed people. <laughs> uh, there's no, there's no, you know, that one's he, premise he created, made more sense. He created his own fate, whereas. In this episode, we're told to just sit back and let Spider Lady do her thing. You just but, trust, you know, trust Zorev, Spider Lady. Zorev took things into his own hands by murdering. Yeah, so he's better. So you want to kind of just start murdering people? <laughs> I mean, he almost did this episode. I, I feel like he would have. Yeah, yeah. Towards just, the end. A little, a little push a little harder, you become a Zorev, I guess. So, yeah, yeah. You either die as Zoraf or live long enough to become a Koenig. Wait, that's not right. Or maybe it's the other way around. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I get. Are we finishing this one up? I believe so. I okay. Think this, is, this is done. <laughs> Mark, I've Mark's screamed way more than I should have, and I apologize to all the listeners for screaming into their 
uh, device <laughs> of choice. Ear holes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess tell them where we're at. We are at patreon.com slash podcastio podcastius. Please check us out. Bonus content. Donate money for us to be super good at things like the saying thing on podcast. Uh, find us on Facebook at podcast 1999. Um, find our other podcast films and filth, the citizen Kane of podcasts, uh, time enough podcast currently going over one step beyond probably. Uh, um, I, I, did, I did book an actual twilight zone episode for last week, but I might have to sit on it a bit. Yeah. Might as well bank them. We're banking this, right? Um, We've got Luke Loves Pokemon, game, game show, game show about games, Hyrule Field Report, about Zelda, Tears of the Kingdom. Um, I believe that is all of... Oh, um, never mind. I stopped I listening almost, after I interrupted you, so I, I almost that's said, fine. I almost said, oh, wait, in podcast 1999, which is what you're listening to. That's what you're listening to. Okay. <laughs> All right, cheese well, of the week report where we where we review a different cheese from around the globe each week. Don't tempt me. Sense of the world. We talk try to describe things that you've never smelled before. Brick size weekly, where we go over sizes of different bricks. And if they fit together and what you could make with them. Never Legos. <laughs> Lego, excuse me. You don't put the S on that. The Lego building system. Okay, now if if anyone's starting with this episode, one that's probably the last one they're going to listen to, and and now they don't know which podcasts are real and which ones aren't. <laughs> I think if anyone listens to this episode, they will just have tuned in because they like Space Nineteen Ninety Nine, and they probably started with the first one and then stopped listening. <laughs> just listen <laughs> to the Spider Lady; she knows everything. <laughs> yeah, just if somebody invades your mind. Just listen to them and uh, do nothing. Take your hands off the wheel. Just do what the voice in your head tell you. Just take your hands off the wheel, man. And if somebody <laughs> tries to drive to the their night. hands on the wheel, then scream at them and attack them. <laughs> okay. Okay, I gotta stop. Captain, to entertain, then tell 
Just be 